So welcome to the first Hortons podcast. I'm Adam Horton. I'm here with Charlie Savonis-Jones, who's our partner in South and East Leicestershire. Uh, this podcast is going to be covering what's happening in the property market and advice for anyone buying or selling uh, across Leicestershire, Nottinghamshire uh, and beyond. Um, so Charlie, welcome. Uh, Hi. It's being on the podcast. Um, you joined us in July 2018. Um, you've got a really successful area, lots of activity across South and East Leicestershire. Um, but you uh, grew up in the area too, didn't you? Um, and have... Yes, uh, lived in Market Harbour area now uh, since um, uh, late 80s, uh, 1990, uh, barring spells away with uh, college and uh, working in America and London. Um, I've uh, been in Leicestershire ever since. Yeah, nice one. And how long as an agent? Uh, I've been in the industry um, when I returned from to Leicestershire from London, uh, which was the very back end of 2001. I've been in the industry now since 2002, mm. um, so uh, about uh, 17, 18 years now, and um, yeah, uh, predominantly in Leicestershire, North Hants, Rutland area. Cool. Um, what's kept you in the job for that long? Is it? Uh, what, I mean, you must enjoy what you do. What, what is it about a state agency? That's yeah. I, well, um, that, gosh, there's a, there's any number of things. Uh, firstly, I love dealing with people. Um, I'm passionate about property. Always have been since a teenager. My head was always buried in the uh, the Harbour Mail uh, growing up. Uh, and uh, no two days are the same. Um, I think the biggest joy I take from this job is the privilege of sharing the journey with clients. So it's one of the biggest steps in their life uh, and helping to sort of like deliver positive outcomes to help each client achieve their goal. That's my biggest reward from the job. Um, there are ups and downs, there's no two ways about it, but ultimately uh, when it happens and they cross that line and they can start their next chapter, that's, um, that's the biggest reward I take. But uh, each day uh, is different and there's just so many elements I, I love about the job. Mm. And, um, and now working in the areas that you've kind of um, grown up around, um, yeah. is it um, obviously that gives you a bit of an insight into what it's like to, to live there? You know, all the, the best bits of the areas that you're selling and all the ins and outs. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I suppose you're, you're a fan of the, the locations that you're working in as well. Lo- love it. Uh, I mean, like I say, I'm a bit biased because I've, I've grown up in the harbour area. Um, my heart is in the, in the Welland Valley. Uh, absolutely love the Welland Valley. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, South Leicestershire on the whole is, is fantastic um, for any number of reasons. Um, I remember uh, pre-kids when uh, uh, friends of mine or friends of, of friends would come and visit and uh, everyone would go away and say how awesome Leicestershire, North Hants, Rutland is. Uh, it's a hidden gem because mm. often people will drive past on the M1 uh, to the west or the A1 uh, to the east and A14. So um, it's fantastic. We've got phenomenal schooling in the area, both um, private and uh, public schools um, and also uh, local schools, primary schools, secondary schools. We've got best in county secondary schools here, Lutterworth and Market Harbour. Yeah. Uh, any number of uh, awesome village primary schools and um, yeah it, it's it's no hidden secret that Market Harbour is um, a, a cracking place and yeah. to live recently identified as um, uh, number one in the entire UK uh, for uh, affordability but also quality of life and lifestyle. Mm. So you get a lot of out-of-town buyers that are moving to Market Harbour. More and more so. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good point, Adam. Um, I mean, growing up, uh, you used to know of one or two people that would commute up to London regularly, uh, but Market Harbour and the surrounding areas is firmly on the commuter map. Mm. Um, there has always been that sort of out-of-town element, but it's... Um, it has got a station, hasn't it, as well? Yeah, mainline rail, absolutely. Um, and um, uh, that feeds into St Pancras. Chris, on average, uh, about an hour journey, give or take. Uh, some are a bit longer, some are a bit yeah. shorter, but uh, it's very much firmly on the commute, commuter map. Mm. And I think in recent years, um, you know, uh, with publications like the Sunday Times, Sunday Telegraph, Guardian, highlighting uh, Harbour is uh, certainly in amongst the uh, top five places regularly and uh, mm. recently been identified as number one in the whole country. Yeah. Uh, its uh, popularity is growing. So let's say someone's coming to Market Harbour to look at a few properties um, and they want to see a bit of the area while they're here. Where, where should they be going for, for lunch? 
Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> gosh, um, uh, spoiled for choice. But um, I suppose um, there's, uh, there's Bowden stores in Great Bowden. They've got a cracking um, reputation. Um, not to uh, discount Welton's Deli uh, just opposite. They've also got a lovely cafe more central to uh, the town. Um, God, well, you take your pick. Yeah, um, lots of choice. Lots it? of choice. Yeah. Lots of choice. Loads of independent shops, bars, cafes. Um, it's uh, it's just a cracking town, really. Yeah. Is uh, uh, one of my old favourites. Um, uh, haven't been there, admittedly, for a while because we've got three kids and uh, it can be a bit of a juggle. Um, but Jules Eating House in the yard. Um, but that recently saw that there's a new fish and chip shop restaurant open in Harbour. Um, that's on the to-do list. Well, I've got a long to-do list yeah. of places to visit. But um, yeah, uh, there's loads of choice. It's a, it's a thriving market town, lots of independent shops. Yeah, great. And what's going on in the property market in Harbour then? Because I suppose there's... Um, I mean, at the moment, uh, it's November 2019. I don't know when people will be listening to this, but um, general election next month. People still not sure about what's happening with, with Brexit. Um, lots of uncertainty in the market. But, I mean, you're seeing a lot of activity. Um, so what's actually happening on the ground? Where are prices going? And, 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 and can you give us a bit of an overview? Yeah, on absolutely. What's um, I mean, it's... Um, yeah, it is, it's a hard... It, I think overall it's a hard one to sort of pinpoint um, because if we, we, we are, as you say, currently in November uh, 2019. Uh, if we wind back to uh, September this year, where year on year usually um, you see an autumn uplift, um, that didn't really happen. Um, but um, if we go back, uh, events in Westminster went up a few notches. Um, and I suspect that... Um, uh, what was happening in Westminster at the back end of August and uh, September had an effect. Fast forward to uh, October, that's now been and gone, but the autumn uplift really did come, and uh, it shows uh, it's now mid-November, it's the 14th of November today. It has shown no signs of abating. Mm. Um, uh, yes, we, we are. there is an election looming, and historically uh, that can cause a bit of uncertainty and a cooling off in the market, but... This is such an entirely unique situation uh, in terms of this, uh, uh, the bigger picture that we face as a country. Um, so uh, we are seeing lots of activity in the market. Um, yeah. We are also seeing properties out there that have perhaps uh, stuck. So um, I think fundamentally people just need to focus on making sure that if they are needing to sell, that the home is presented well. But in terms of statistics... Um, if we look at uh, the last 12-month period, which um, uh, these figures are to September 19, and um, in the last 12 months we've seen uh, a total of 681 sales in Market Harbour and uh, LE16 postcode, so the surrounding uh, villages in South Leicestershire. Um, that's a drop of uh, 12% or minus 12% on the previous 12-month period. Um, average sale price across all property sectors, or property types rather, £305,700. Um, uh, so just over £305,000 uh, average price. Um, in terms of um, any out-of-town buyers, particularly those who are perhaps in London and have been more familiar with square footage, um, we're seeing that uh, come out at uh, an average of £280 per square foot in the LE16 postcodes. Um, that's uh, year on year to September. Um, the 12-month period to August, uh, it was 281 So um, uh, there is positive growth in the harbour area. Um, nationally, year on year, we're seeing a house price growth, according to Office uh, National Statistics, 1.3%. Um, that's nationally. Uh, in Market Harbour, uh, house price growth is actually um, uh, 7%. Uh, and so 7% versus what was the national average? 1.3. Yeah. Um, that's uh, the national um, house price growth according to Office of National Statistics. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there are other indices that might slightly differ, but yeah. it's still a huge uplift. So transaction levels uh, down a bit, yeah. but prices still, I mean, 7%. 
considering what the national average is. I mean, it just goes to show market harbour is in, in demand then, isn't it? Yeah, I, I com- completely. Uh, I mean, it, it just backs up what um, uh, these various um, surveys have revealed in recent years that uh, harbour is growing in popularity um, and for, for all the reasons that uh, we, we've just uh, spoken about. Mm. Um, it's, it's a cracking area to live. Uh, and, uh, I mean, once people settle... They, they're very often here for a long time. Mm. Uh, I mean, I take my, fa- my late father, for example. Uh, he settled in... He lived in Kibworth in Harcourt in the 1950s, but he settled in Harbour in the 1960s mm. and uh, lived there ever since. Yeah. Um, it's just a cracking town. Yeah. It really is. So, yeah, surprising um, jump in prices over the last 12 months then. Um, do you think that's a precursor for what we're, we're likely to see next year? Have you got any predictions for... What 2020 is likely to, to be like for the property market? I think, um, I mean, obviously there are, um, there's, a, there's a bigger picture at, at play and uh, exactly what will happen um, on the, uh, the bigger picture um, as a country is crystal ball sort of stuff. But ultimately I do uh, feel that in terms of property we will see uh, steady growth. Um, I'd like to think that this growth that, that we're experiencing in South Leicestershire will perhaps sort of uh, plateau really um, or, or not uh, be spiking as much because there's no two ways about it. House prices in, in LE16 and in LE8 have been on a positive increase. Um but a bit of stability in prices, isn't it? Exactly I, I think, yeah, I think that, um, I, I, I see more stability in the, pr- the house prices. And I think if anyone is thinking, I mean, ultimately, you can only do what's best for yourself in your situation. Um, but if anyone is thinking what will happen in the medium to long term, um, land is, is finite. We are an island. Um, it is a lovely part of the country. You can get to most places within reason, within two and a half hours, give or take. Um, uh, if anyone is basing their decision to move to the area or purchase on that, um, I don't think you can go far wrong. Mm. Great stuff. Okay. Um, and so, if let's say, I mean, with where we are in the year now, I mean, you mentioned the election and, and obviously the situation regarding Brexit, but let's say if someone has made the decision, it's the right time for them, maybe a family needing to move because they're thinking about schools for the coming year or um, job changes um, or just people just wanting a, um, a change. Um, should they, I mean, I suppose with this time of year, the only other thing playing on people's minds is, um, is Christmas and the new year. Um, how, if, if someone's made the decision to, to get on the move, uh, should they be waiting to get Christmas out of the way or is there, uh, is there any way to, to use this time of year to their advantage? What sort of tactics should people be, be employing to, to get the best yeah. out of the move? It's, it's, it's a valid question. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, um, each individual can only do what suits their uh, individual circumstance, their time scales. Um, they can only do what fits best for them. But uh, as uh, traditionally, as we approach like the end of um, summer and start to go into the autumn, a lot of homeowners have often said, oh, we might wait till the spring. Yeah. Now, um, this stems back from um, decades of a property market um, that had no internet. Uh, where buyers would dr- physically drive around spot boards uh, and then um, having spotted the boards and who who uh, the agent was would then walk up and down high streets and physically go into offices. Well, of course, no one wanted to do that in um, when the days got shorter and in wet, windy weather. Um, so we saw seasonal peaks and troughs. Of course, as you get to Christmas, people, are, you know, um, can lose focus however with the prevalence of internet technology whilst there may be the seasonal highs and lows they're not as exaggerated so um uh yeah there's no two ways about it homes look good in the spring and summer gardens are in full bloom but also um statistically coming back to uh, technology um all the major property portals record the highest levels of traffic um on the period between boxing day and uh, the first week of January. Um, it's the busiest time for people visiting um, property websites, uh, busier than, uh, 
any other time of year. So for a lot of people, a, a good strategy has been uh, to get things into place now, photography, and actually launch on or just before Boxing Day. So you can take advantage of that maximum exposure. Um, we put things into place as uh, individual agents um, ourselves, whereby our clients can enjoy the Christmas break, we can um, help build momentum, and then look to uh, um, arrange viewings uh, early January, once the, um, the proverbial dust has settled. So people then, so they're, they're, they're launching their property to the market when the peak, the, there's a huge peak in traffic, um, but so they're able to take advantage of that, but they're also not trying to accommodate viewings whilst the yeah, festivities. Yeah. But then, I suppose come uh, come January, you've got a running start then, haven't you? And yeah, completely. Um, yeah. And uh, because um, whilst uh, the majority are thinking about going on the market in the spring, mm. what you've got to remember is that uh, when your home do does go to the market, you are going to be effectively competing with other properties, other similar properties, and vying for the buyer's attention uh, against others. So um, yes, individual timescales will always come into play, but if, if someone is umming and ahhing, then you need to decide, do I want to go on at a time when there is more likely to be far more other properties similar to ours, mm -hmm. um, or do I want to actually beat the rush take care of, um, or take advantage rather, of the, uh, the maximum exposure. Mm. Um, so it's basically that period of time you're launching when uh, demand is its highest online, effectively, yeah, but your supply is also the lowest. That's yeah. perfect combination, yeah. really, isn't it, for uh, a seller? Definitely, I mean, uh, it's you know supply and demand, um, uh, but also exposure because, uh, yeah, I mean, um, where we are now in 2019, there's no two ways about it. The internet and the technology is driven and completely changed the way we all search for property. Mm. When I first started in the industry and it was in Market Harbour, um, uh, it was paper-based. Uh, we had one computer in the office where a secretary would type up details linking to Rightmove. Buyers were still physically coming into the office because Rightmove, I think, was like late 90s uh, and this was like early noughties. Uh, so the internet was there, but it was in its infancy within the property industry. Um, those days have gone. Mm. We no longer as agents see buyers walking into um, offices. We no longer have that 15, 20-minute chat and understanding of what their needs and priorities are and then talking through each property. It's a split second picture price, picture price on a screen. Uh, the statistics from uh, the major property websites suggest over three quarters of people are searching on a smartphone, a uh, very small screen. What's the one thing that a smartphone encourages us all to do? Scroll and swipe. So you've got to stand out. You, the two have to correlate, don't they? Totally. Um, it's, um, it's a combination of um, uh, visually engaging, because we, we are visually uh, we are visual as, as a human race, um, and also clever pricing. Mm. Um, it's basically that it's, uh, I mean, we as estate agents, uh, actually in this day and age, we now have to think of ourselves first and foremost as digital marketers. Mm. Uh, we need to get, uh, 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 when a client puts their faith in us to help them achieve their, uh, their goal, uh, our first battle is to get buyers off their screens physically through the door of the house in question mm. um, and it's at that point then we can then go back to being um, traditional estate agent yeah so thinking like a, a marketing agency um, I suppose the number one job um, or the, the first part of the process that enables buyers to make offers um, is they've got to get through the door in the first place and the only way to do that is by getting wider exposure online isn't it and if you're thinking um, like a, a marketing agency, the most successful agents are going to be the ones that reach more people online. Yeah. Um, and I suppose social media is now playing a massive part of that as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, uh, the um, the property portals um, are obviously the, the, the biggest go-to, but there is a lot happening within the social media realm. And, 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 you know, as far as agents are concerned, there is a right way and a wrong way of, um, of using social media. Um, I like to think that um, 
we, the partners and the, and the team at Hortons, um, we, we, we understand um, how the, uh, the modern technology is evolving and shaping and moulding everything. And we, um, we like to think that we can actually um, engage with buyers, entice uh, and attract their interest or pique their interest. Mm. Um, there are, there, there's a wrong way and a right way of doing it. We like to think that we, we, we've, um, we pay close attention uh, just purely for the benefit of our clients and yeah. helping them achieve their goals and start yeah. their next chapters. Yeah, great. And so you spoke a little bit about... Um, uh, like uh, I suppose standing out in the the property um, on the property portals and and the the pictures and prices that people are seeing when they're scrolling by to, to stand out. Um, this ties quite nicely in with pricing strategies and and if uh, someone's going to put the house on the market, how do they need to approach their asking price? Um, obviously, most agents and a lot of people automatically assume that. Um, setting an asking price um, that uh, hopefully you'll achieve or, or, or very close to um, with the traditional asking price is, is generally the way people go but you use a lot of offers in excess of or offers over strategies rather than just the traditional asking price which is um, something that um, I mean uh, I know a lot you get a lot of referrals and people coming to you because of your ability to um, to, uh, to I suppose create demand and competition with buyers that then pushes prices up which is ultimately what you're trying to achieve for a client making sure you get the best possible price um, that seems to be a really effective strategy but it's not something that's generally uh, uh, the, the norm but it, it's it's obviously super effective can you just talk us through exactly how that kind of pricing strategy works and, uh, and and the methodology behind that yeah sure um well uh i mean fundamentally it, uh, um a homeowner may have a wish or an expectation of what they want to achieve estate agents collectively might actually tell these clients that it will sell or we will sell for x amount but when it comes down to it bottom line the value of anything whether it's a house car furniture work of art is only worth what buyers are prepared to pay in any market, not just the property market. Um, we need to um, uh, capture the buyer's attention uh, and we need to deliver it in a way that allows the buyers to determine the true market value and thereby uh, achieving the best result for our client and seller. Um, there is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a strategy that um, it's just an option that my clients have because um, ultimately... So we it's not always the right thing to do then? Well, um, no, because ultimately the right thing to do for the client is whatever they feel most comfortable with. I'm, I'm here to offer my clients suggestions, solutions, recommendations, but ultimately we work off their instruction. They're employing us. Um, when a client puts their faith in me to help sell their home, which is more often than not their most treasured asset emotionally and indeed financially, um, they're getting me as an employee they will only pay me if I successfully deliver the outcome. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's it's whatever is right for that client. Now, um, you mentioned traditional asking price. Um, in, in my opinion, a traditional asking price is something that uh, we as an industry, a property industry in England and Wales have adopted over, again, decades and decades and decades, uh, long before the internet. And it's become the mindset of, oh, what's maximum value we can get for this home? Let's put it on at that, or let's go and put it, price it a bit above. The mindset from both the seller and the buyer is offers coming under. Well, okay, um, one, you're psychologically or subliminally telling pick buyers that's the maximum they need to pay. Mm. Um, North of the border in Scotland, um, obviously the whole process is entirely different, but one of the uh, things that it does differ is that they look at the whole price range and they start from the lower end, off is over. Um, we've talked about the internet and how uh, uh, technology, smartphones in particular, has moulded the way people buy and there's the old uh, scroll and swipe. We need to make sure that we can um, appear competitive, uh, or well, I say we, it's a royal we, uh, we need to make sure our clients' homes appear competitive and offer good value for money in that split second. Yeah. 
um, and engage people and get them off their screen. Um, there is a whole detailed step-by-step -step process. It's a proven and tried and tested method, which I've molded um, over years of dealing with clients to help them deliver um, the best outcome whilst being fair to all parties concerned. But it, it's the way for, and to be fair, I think we will see more and more of this happening and i think it will become the norm price yeah, pricing sort of like rather like they do north of the border in scotland will become the norm as um other agents start to cotton on how um social media uh, sorry not social media mm. technology uh affects and molds the way that the buyers yeah and while we're on the subject of price i was reading uh, an article that you've written uh, a little while back about the 99p strategy um, so this is something that a lot of um, buyers and sellers are going to be familiar with, where you see a property priced at, I don't know, three nine 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 fifty or something, and um, kind of the, I suppose the, the idea behind that being the same sort of uh, thing that you see in retail of pricing at ninety nine p to um, psychologically make the pro property seem cheaper than it actually is. Um, and uh, in your article, you're talking about how that that's become outdated and no longer effective. Uh, within the property world anyway and um, so you advise against it what's what's the thinking behind that yeah um, it's uh, well I mean the 99p pricing strategy has been long used for many years in all areas of, of retail and selling and you know it it, it works uh, when it comes to property it's something that again has been used for decades and decades and decades uh, and, and it, it, it has worked in the past. In my early part of my career we would advise clients about um, 99,999 as opposed to 100,000 but again I, I mean it, it might seem like a broken record but the internet and technology has completely dominated and affected how everyone now search for properties. Um, when a buyer is entering in their details, um, they will put in minimums and maximums for their search, search parameters in terms of price. Um, you won't ever find a price banding at 99,999. You will at 100,000. So um, uh, anyone thinking of selling their home, you want to, my, my advice will always be Get rid of the uh, the 99999 uh, or the 950s. Stick to the zeros. Um, a lot of house builders, a lot of major developers are still using 99p. They're missing a trick. Um, totally missing a trick. Um, they need to uh, increase exposure um, by doing uh, by sticking to the main price bandings on the uh, property portals, and that's um, websites like Rightmove, Zoopla, Prime Location. You can effectively double your exposure of your home. Um, let's say someone's looking um, from three hundred thousand up to uh, four fifty. Um, if you price your home at 299,950, your home won't appear in the search of anyone looking uh, from a minimum of 300. They're the ones with a slightly bigger budget um, and they're the ones that are, are perhaps going to um, pay the price you're after. But fundamentally, on a flip side, um, if you don't stick to the price banding of 300,000, um, anyone looking up to a maximum of 300, and if you price it at sort of a... 295 um, if they're looking in a wide area and of course this is a commuter area in South Leicestershire so someone might be looking in a 15 mile radius your property is going to get knocked off the equivalent of page one of a smartphone and just coming back to the statistics uh, from the major uh, property websites over three quarters of people at 77% of people start their search on smartphones let alone tablets PCs uh, desktops um, uh, it's that's my reasoning behind um, um, the zero price strategy as opposed to avoiding the 99p yeah so you, you, you're going to let's say you've got a house at uh, 299999 um, mm -hmm. you've got um, so just to recap, that property will show up to people looking up to 300,000, but that's going to be the top end of their budget and then will be completely missed out if someone's got a budget from 300,000 upwards. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So 
losing out on the exposure to a wider audience, but also to the people who can afford to pay the most. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. Yeah, um, and uh, and also because I mean ultimately you want um, uh, looking at it from a different angle, um, you want your home to be uh, if not number one on the search results because the the search results when people put in say uh, up to a maximum of uh, five hundred, um, if you've priced your home at say four eight two, mm. um, which we see. Um, um, or even 492, again, if it's in a wide area, um, that's going to get knocked off the equivalent of page one. Yeah. Um, and um, if you're not number one, you want to be on page one of a smartphone. Why? Well, uh, if you think about who's your target buyer, they're going to be professional people, um, probably time poor, because none of us are, um, have much spare time these days. They're probably snatching glances. Um, at their uh, smartphones in yeah. between meetings before the kids jump on them in the evenings on the sofa. Um, so it's, uh, like I say, we, we... I suppose it's like Google, isn't it, as well? Like, who looks at page two? Like, you, you, yeah, you want to go somewhere, you want to yeah, see totally, what you want, yeah. and then you click and... Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, absolutely. It's like that. And ultimately, um, it's the buyers that are going to determine the true values of anything. So um, we need to, for, for, for us as estate agents, our remit is to achieve the best price we can for our client within a time frame that suits that client's needs. But in order to fulfill that to our client, the seller, we have to come at it and think about it from the perspective of the buyers because it is the buyers that will determine the true values in the end. Yeah. So we need to think how to do buyers. And what I'd say to a homeowner is um, before you go on the market and before you decide how um, you're going to sort of go about this or which agent you're going to use and which strategy, stop. take a step back, have a think, how have I been searching for properties? Because the chances are you've probably been um, keeping an eye out uh, and think, what do I do um, when I'm searching for properties? And then when you think, okay, this is how we do it, chances are it's how other buyers out there are doing it. And it's making sure that we're meeting the, tr the trend, for want of a better word, amongst buyers and how they search. Yeah. And so from a homeowner's perspective, if they're on the market now and their agent suggested um, a price that is a kind of a 99p strategy price, what should they be doing? Telling their agent to, to change it? Um, would you, I mean, why are agents still using it? Um, you... Good question. I have, uh, from my perspective, I have no clue. Uh, I don't know what, I mean, if they want to, uh, I mean, they perhaps have their own valid reasons. Um, but uh, I, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of um, companies out there that haven't quite cottoned on to how much the internet and technology has really changed the way we have searched. Um, there's a lot of agents out there that are perhaps old school um, and they're, they're using the, their tried and tested methods, which do, do work to an extent, mm. And we go, but we're talking decades and decades. Um, things have changed. Uh, I mean, if you think... Uh, I mean, I, uh, my career in the industry is 18 years, give or take. Um, I think the internet really started to take hold in the early noughties. Um, smartphones, I think that was, uh, they were introduced uh, 2007, yeah. maybe 2008. The iPhone was 07, I think. Yeah, wasn't it? Um, and I think collectively, um, the majority, not all, but the majority of people have been having smartphones since probably about 14, 2014 and 15. Mm. Um, obviously, the, there's those that have probably gone through the various iPhone um, uh, in the interim between 07, but collectively, um, most, most most, most of your buyers have had smartphones uh, since about 14 mm. and it's in the palm of our hands and it's scroll and swipe um, it's instant it's 24 7 mm. um, we need to just basically look at what's happening uh, we as estate agents need to make sure that we are adaptable um, and can work to make sure that the technology and the internet works to our fuller advantage as opposed to against us because that's the, the, the another key thing is um the internet can be your best friend when selling your home if done correctly but it can become your worst enemy yeah yeah and i suppose like 
2007. It's um, like, for example, when the iPhone came out. I mean, that's a, a long time ago now. It's, yeah, <laughs> and um. uh, it seems like five minutes, but there's yeah. a whole that ena- that space of time has enabled a whole new generation of buyers, mainly first-time buyers that perhaps in their twenties that yeah. um, haven't known anything different. And, um, yes, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And I suppose it's. Um, um, for especially when it's only going to keep going in that direction um again it's it's uh, i think it comes back to the point that agents are digital marketers and and, and not really estate agents and still and, until they're in front of a buyer yeah um, absolutely that makes the difference isn't it yeah so yeah maybe if someone is on the market now they should be saying to to reassess pricing um may not necessarily be price reductions that make the difference, but a change in strategy. Absolutely, this is it. I mean, um, uh, because you you do see uh, some properties out there that have been on the market some time. um, And um, I think... um, you know, any homeowner, if if there's anyone out there that is going through that at the moment, it's... um, Things can be done. and it's not necessarily the proverbial price reduction. Um, first and foremost, I think you need to um, talk with your agent, um, get an understanding of um, where they're at and where the, what their opinion is and how things are happening. Also, um, take a look at your photography because ultimately um, uh, it's all... It, and if if you need a non-objective approach uh, or opinion um ask a trusted friend to have a look at the photography of your of the your property advert is it up to scratch is it visually engaging is it a bit dull um has it been caught in its best light is it is the agent's photography portraying your home and its best features um or not um and if not um address it and uh, ask the agent to come back out. I mean, me personally, um, I'm always looking for improvements on the photography I do for my clients. Um, For example, daffodils look stunning. Um, Wisteria, when it comes out in May, June, looks amazing. But once the daffodil season goes, you need a fresh picture. Once the wisteria goes, you need a fresh picture. I'm always looking to rotate. Um, only in the last couple of days, I had some viewings on a property in uh, Kibworth, um, and uh, it was towards the end of the day, and I stayed on after the, uh, the viewings finished and took some twilight photography, because uh, that can really make a, a home look visually engaging and appealing online. Stand out amongst competition as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also, uh, I'll, I'll pay close attention to how uh, my clients' properties are performing online. Um, in terms of what's known as click-throughs and um, for anyone on the market uh, they may receive like a a property performance report from their uh, agents Um, it's very easy for some agents or team members in estate agency offices to print these off post them out or email them and uh, but uh, I like to look into it the trends more often and I know where my property should be performing and if I'm not happy I'll, I'll I won't hesitate to rotate the photograph, uh, and that's the front shot, the one that most people will see on their uh, smartphone screen. Um, I have seen properties on the market in excess of 12 months with uh, other agents. There's never been a single change in uh, rotating the photography or indeed taking fresh pictures. And is that um, just, so it's in the search results, a different a different photograph yeah. could just attract their attention. It could be that extra click, I guess, couldn't it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, because um, uh, first and foremost, um, the photography has got to be visually engaging. And I think on the whole, the, the, the quality of photography in the industry is on an upward curve. Um, and more and more are offering um, professional photographers, whether that's part of their service or, or, or an optional extra. Um, brilliant. Um, I've seen professional photography and it's, it's really good quality, but I've often, um, when I've been reached out by clients who are still struggling to sell, I look at it and I think, yeah, the quality's great, but I think the angles could be improved. Yeah. Um, once I've seen the home, and um, it's just making it's sure that selling a lifestyle as well, isn't it? You, you don't want well, it this to. Is a, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, architectural photography or something is one thing, but capturing the 
um, the energy of the house and, and, and the lifestyle it could deliver is a totally different thing, isn't it? It's not necessarily just getting a good photo of a room, but it's, it's helping you someone imagine them sitting in, in that living room with their feet up and yeah. imagining family life. Do you know what I mean? It's, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is it. I mean, I think, uh, you know, um, I think experts have said for many years that um, there are emotions behind any purchase but I don't really think uh, for the 99.9% of us um, there's going to be any bigger emotional purchase than their family home Mm. Um, so uh, I I always think just on that point um, it's surprising how little time people spend considering the purchase of a house in comparison to other things I mean you could spend a week looking at um, I mean I'm not doing this personally but car I mean if, yeah if you're car insurance <laughs> you ring around and get quotes um, and you could spend hours and hours working on it but um, you walk into a house and people talk about having the right feeling and yeah. they know where they're going to buy it and then they make a split second almost decision um, obviously there's lots of practical things to consider but people will make a decision buying a house within um, yeah moments of walking through the door and Absolutely. so that just goes to show I mean it's it's um, like from a buyer's perspective um, it's almost entirely emotional isn't it and yeah um, so the challenge is getting them through the door in the first place and if you play on those not play on those emotions but help it make Appeal. it easier for people yeah. to to connect with it from photos it makes all the difference doesn't yeah it? and i think um, a good thing for any homeowner uh, and indeed estate agent is to actually sit down and think uh, before any marketing commences who's the target market mm. uh, for this property um, how do you go about that? Well, um, I'd say um, take a look at your neighbours. Um, what's the average age uh, of your neighbours? What stage in their life cycle are they at? Um, of course, there are going to be some areas where you get a broad mix, but just think, what does my home have to offer? Um, if the if the, your neighbouring properties are all similar, of course, some are going to be entirely unique to each other, but... Um, um, think of um, who your neighbours are and that will give you a pretty good idea as to who your target market is. Equally, um, use your estate agent's knowledge and experience um, and then plan your marketing and it could be the timing of the marketing, it could be the photography, the lifestyle uh, accordingly because that's how, as, as you quite rightly said, it's um, people buy with their, with their heart. And yeah. their emotions. Mm-hmm. There are always going to be buyers that will buy with their head, and of course, there will be couples where one one party of the couple is buying with their heart, and the other side of the party or the couple are buying with their head. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're uh, buying out of practicality for work or something. But yeah, it's, yeah. But ultimately, um, yeah, it's uh, for the majority of buyers when it's uh, purchasing for home investment purchase entirely different. Um, but uh, the majority of uh, buyers when it's the family home. There's a lot of emotion involved, and it's about, as you quite rightly say, appealing to... We're not here to just sell bricks and mortars. We're here to sell the lifestyle. Yeah. And it's appealing to what those aspirational lifestyles of the buyers may be. Mm. And then I suppose um, when people are looking at their target market and thinking about how they want the property to be portrayed and, and to who... Uh, I suppose the other thing that make, will make a huge difference of the success of a sale is choosing the right estate agent. So how do people know that they're picking the right agent? How do they go about that? Yeah, good question. Um, well, um, I mean, uh, a good uh, thing to do would be uh, why not mystery shop the agents in your area? There's a chance that... Um, whether it's through um, previous knowledge, friends of friends, that you've perhaps drawn a bit of a shortlist of estate agents in, in your area. Um, why not mystery shop them, uh, pretend you're a buyer? It might be that actually you are genuinely looking to move in the area anyway, in which case you, you will be engaging with them as a potential buyer. But see how they sort of like respond to your inquiries, um, whether it's emails, phone calls, um, app viewings, and just get a feel uh, because there are differences. Uh, there's differences between companies. There's differences between team members within those companies. Um, it's all about uh, what you feel is going to be um, most comfortable for you. And in, in that, what I mean is um, who you feel is going to be uh, to do the best job 
um, to suit your time scale, to suit your need on on price. Most buy, I think, I'd go as far as saying 100% of sellers that I've dealt with over uh, my 18-year career all want to achieve the best price they can. Um, and um, you can uh, ask them, uh, you know, are they friendly? Are they knowledgeable? Uh, do they ask you questions? Uh, do they really sort of like, you know, dig, try and dig deep and ascertain what it is um, you're looking for? Not just like the basic facts, but why? Uh, perhaps, uh, I mean, I call it soft facts. Um, so um, uh, what's the reason for the move? Uh, do they invite you to view the property you might be inquiring about uh, on the phone or, or indeed um, email? Uh, and are they getting all your contact details? Uh, are they paying attention to the fact that, that um, what you do for a living and you know, what are the best times to call? Mm. Um, I mean, that's a, a really good point. I mean, um, from my perspective and, uh, and what we do at head office, I suppose, um, I mean, if, if people listening aren't familiar with our sort of business model, um, we have a, a central office that inquiries will come into at the first point of call. Um, and uh, partners that um, uh, are experienced in their local markets. And um, our job, I suppose, is to assist those agents on the ground that are, are doing the deals and speaking to buyers and sellers. Um, and uh, in a lot of circumstances, it's not like a call centre style operation that um, you may be familiar with, with some of the large kind of corporate agencies. Um, we try and kind of get the buyers in contact with the agents on the ground, especially if they've got any questions um, or they've, they've got concerns about properties that they've seen or something. Um, and uh, so the first point of contact that someone will have um, with, with us before they speak to an agent if they're inquiring about a property is our support team. And me overseeing what goes on at, at head office, something that we've really um, come to realise is that just the way that people want to be communicated with has completely changed. Um, and if we've got someone who's made an inquiry that's um, kind of perhaps they're at work and it's difficult for them to get on their phone, um, then they're much more responsive over a text message or an email. Um, and so if you come into thinking of selling, um, you've got to be mindful of the fact that the majority of your buyers, if they're at work, are they dealing with an agent that's uh, that, that they're not going to be able to speak to after um, five o'clock? Or um, do they um, make it difficult for your buyers to get in contact? So now we have a huge amount of um, inquiries that uh, people will be much more receptive and responsive over a text message under the desk at work than yeah. they would um, being able to answer a phone call. And so it's just making sure that, um, yeah, that that's properly aligned and, and not only is the agent kind of changing their marketing processes for the day that kind of the year that we live in but also the way that uh, people want to be communicated with um, yeah. and that mystery shopping and um, and trying maybe if you're going viewing properties that are in the area that you want to look at and you're also selling in um, maybe uh, request communication via email or, or text message and see how they respond to that um, and see how available and effective they are at communicating. I mean, it's a completely different um, world to perhaps the way that um, the way that you were trained and the way that I, like uh, I was trained. The way that I was trained as well is using um, uh, kind of uh, well, you used to have applicant cards and hotboxing buyers yeah, for yeah. Um, get old fashioned. Yeah, and your your tool of the trade was um, was the phone on the desk, whereas. Yeah. Um, now there's so many mediums for communication um, then uh, the, the job of an agent has got to be how can you utilise all these different ways to get into people yeah. get in contact with people and what I do they prefer just, just in the last um, 24, 48 hours alone I've had uh, buyer inquiries via LinkedIn, Facebook Messenger yeah. Instagram uh, DMs well there's Instagram um, um, and uh, for, for us WhatsApp yeah. Uh, really easy because I think um, you know probably ninety percent of people, not all, but ninety percent of people are probably using WhatsApp. And um, we were looking into it uh, recently, and uh, I think the open rate of a WhatsApp message is about ninety eight, ninety nine percent. Email 
it's as low as um, I think it's lower than thirty percent. It's about 24 yeah, 25 percent. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's it's taking. Uh, uh, this is what we we look at, and uh, I mean over the years, I, I I can still recall occasions when um, someone said, "Why do you want to know?" When when I've asked, um, you know, what line of work or business you're in, um, yeah. and it's simply, well, I need to establish when because uh, there's no point in trying to um, chase someone for viewings feedback at uh, ten o'clock in the morning if they're a teacher. Yeah. Because you know that most teachers aren't available until at least four o'clock and mm. some maybe a bit later. Mm. Um, someone might work shifts on a continental pattern. Uh, they may be working nights, um, whether it's uh, factories or, or, or within the NHS or emergency yeah. services. It's all these things so that we can um, make sure that um, we keep it as fluid as possible for, for our clients and, and potential buyers yeah. um, who are in the midst of one of the biggest life events they'll ever go through. Mm, exactly. And I suppose when um, people have done their uh, mystery shopping and they've looked at yeah the way that they communicated with, how quickly they responded to, all that sort of thing, and they've probably identified two or three agents that they think that seem on the ball and they've got them out, they've had valuations. Um, any advice to look at when it comes to, to selling fees? Because um, uh, we know as, a, as an industry, anyone can go online and find agents where the fees are rock bottom. And then equally, you can go for high-end services with um, kind of more, um, I suppose, specialist agencies that could be charging upwards of 2%. There's a, that's a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and um, from what we see, paying more doesn't necessarily deliver more and paying less doesn't necessarily deliver less. How do you make sure that you get the balance of um, of, of making sure that, I mean, what traits do people need to identify in an agent that's going to charge a fair fee but also not compromise on what they're going to end, yeah. end up selling for? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think, you know, collectively... Um, we've talked about sellers um, collectively always wanting to achieve the best price they can. Uh, I think we can um, comfortably say that collectively um, uh, homeowners, uh, when moving, sellers and buyers, they want to walk away um, with the most money in their pocket. Um, so it's only natural, it's human nature to focus on things like fees and costs um, however, the old adage, you get what you pay for, uh, does ring true within the industry. Um, there are big differences, as, as, as you've said, Adam. Um, uh, in, um, but I also say that whilst there are big differences, and uh, there may be one agent offering their services for a few hundred pounds or a thousand pounds, there may be one that actually works out to be uh, five, six, seven hundred, or even a thousand pound or more uh, expensive. The cheapest agent isn't the one that will charge you the lowest fee. The cheapest agent is the one that will get you the best price for your home. You need to switch away from looking at the uh, cost differential on the front end and actually focus on who you feel most confident in getting you the best price for your home. And uh, we, I'm talking about uh, like the percentages, if you like. So um, is an agent got a strong track record of achieving um, 99%, 100%, or even in excess of 100% of asking prices? Are they averaging 90% of our... Because it's those differences... So that's a good question to ask then. When you've got an agent sitting in front of you um, for evaluation... Uh, asking them what is the average percentage of the asking price you achieve and absolutely um, judge that based on what the likely marketing price is against what their fee is yeah. um, if they've got a consistent uh, track record of getting 99% or 100% or more um, and they're charging a 1.5 or 2% fee versus an agent that um, is charging you a thousand pound um and their average percentage of asking price is uh 95 or 96 percent which is uh, the case for a lot of agents um you could end up spending uh, getting more in your pocket going with the more expensive agent totally yeah which absolutely. like you said earlier makes them cheaper uh, exactly. Uh, so, uh, I mean, ultimately, it, it's whatever works for you or what you feel is best as a client, because um, uh, everyone is different. Um, uh, it, but it is 
all too easy to focus on the front end uh, cost difference rather than the um, the end result uh, as to uh, the different because because those differences can be tens of thousands if not more. Mm. Um, so it's 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 that, but there's also um, you know I mean uh, we at Hortons we operate on a no sell no fee basis. Um, we only get paid upon successful delivery. Um, and uh, you know there are services where you you can pay up front. Uh, it might appear cheaper, but um, whatever the statistics are of uh, selling rates, uh, you, you've got to think of of yourself: uh, will it sell or will it not? That's a straight fifty-fifty. So, are you prepared to uh, toss a coin for the sake of uh, a few hundred, or even it what could amount to more than a thousand pounds? Me personally, I I wouldn't flip a coin. Um, for, uh, uh, for a thousand pound steak um, but it's whatever works for you um, and um, yeah uh, and what you feel comfortable but it, it's making sure you look at the bigger picture before making um, what could be um, the biggest decision in terms of you achieving your ultimate goal of selling but also whatever that individual goal may be behind you your sale and you move and you starting your next chapter with the best footing yeah brilliant and um just to uh kind of before we um wind things down for this this episode um i mean you've you've been in the industry 18 years um hugely successful agent um been involved in a number of really notable sales and 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 now a a trusted advisor that um has got uh, i mean Reviews speak for themselves, um, and the and people, um, kind of the the word of mouth that you and, and reputation that that you've built up. Um, what's uh, what do you think has contributed to your success? How have you done it? Um, I don't know. I, I, a lot of homeowners often ask me this because um, I often get um, approached or people reach out to me um, when they've been struggling, and and I often get asked. How do you get your results when others haven't? And um, I can only speak for for me myself because um, um, uh, everyone has their own different approach. Um, yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> um, well, um, but you're into. Um, I mean, uh, we're both into things like. Um, personal development just continually trying yeah. to hone your craft i suppose well yeah i'm, I'm always seeking to uh, i think um uh, anyone who sort of like knows me professionally personally um will will, will uh, perhaps be familiar with my response when uh, how, how's business how's things going uh, i think the first thing i always say is there's always room for improvement mm. um and that's whether i'm at, uh, i feel I'm, I'm at the top of my well i never feel i'm at the top of my game i'm always looking to improve um and uh, even when clients have walk, walked away uh delighted i've often walked away and think have I done the best? Could I have improved on that? What would I do next time? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, bring you know, um, bring it down to sort of brass tacks. Ultimately, um, we're here to um, help our clients achieve the best price they can in the market within a time frame that suits their needs. And um, I, I mentioned it before. Um, the only way I can deliver on that remit and uh, help my clients achieve um, their next chapters in their lives is by focusing on where the buyers are, what uh, the mindset of the buyers is um, and what's happening from the buyer perspective in that market and why is that? Because, um, and it might sound a bit boring because I say it often, but it's true, or it's in my opinion, it's the buyers that determine the true values, mm. whether that's your home, property, cars, art, or um, antiques. Yeah. Um, buyers determine uh, the true value is only worth what someone's prepared to pay. So it's my duty to think from the buyer's side, what's going to engage with them, what's going to entice them, what's going to pique their interest. Mm how can we make uh, our clients' homes appealing to our buyers? I think that applies to anyone in, in sales or business or whatever. It's constantly chasing that buyer's attention and because um, and, it's always changing and how you 
um, kind of reach buyers and and ultimately make the most of the uh, the demand and find the buyer who values it more than everyone else. Like it's yeah. a it's a constant pursuit of improving that process, isn't it? That uh, um, and not um, not sitting back and thinking that um, I don't know the internet's going to do the work for you. It's um, it's kind of always pushing forward, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Constantly involving. Um, I mean, we, we, we've touched on some of the changes in in just in you know um, uh, a relatively short period of time um, in terms of technology uh, and what's happening today. Um, won't necessarily work uh, for our clients' homes in the next sort of three, four, five years. But mm. so it's it's a matter of making sure that you can spot and identify trends, um, uh, or uh, in in just general development and advancement of technology, uh, so that we can ensure that that technology is working in our favour rather than against us. Yeah, brilliant. I think that's a nice note to leave it on. <laughs> Thank but, you. Uh, for, for those listening, um, firstly, thanks for making it this far. I hope you found it uh, interesting and, and useful. Um, Charlie, if, if you're in Market Harbour, LE16, or any of the South Recessive Villages, and uh, you think you might be getting advice on a potential move, um, best ways to, to reach, I suppose, hortons.co forward slash Charlie. Uh, you find all his details on there. Um, but um, keep uh, keep your eyes peeled for future episodes. Like I said at the beginning, we're going to be trying to cover a, a wide variety of topics, but um, particularly making sure that we're keeping the local um, community up to speed on on what's happening with with prices um, and, uh, and and the way the market is changing, uh, and practical advice for those that are thinking of buying or selling. Um, we'll be touching on um, property investment as well in future episodes. Um, so make sure you subscribe um, and it'd be really helpful f- for us if uh, if you leave a review on this podcast as well. Um, and um, we keep your eye out for future episodes and, and hope you enjoy them. But thanks very much for listening. Thank you.